everyone. Welcome to Outcasts, a limited series on Afterthought Media where I, Jay Ellis, do my best impression of Katie Couric and dive deep into the lives of Afterthought hosts. My guest today is known for his work on the Pride 48 Network and his daily podcast, The Geeky Gay. But his biggest claim to fame right now is here on Afterthought Media as one of the hosts of Throwing Down. I've got to watch what I say because he's carrying a gun. It's Adam Burns. Hi, Adam. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good, you know, just uh, hanging out during the whole quarantine thing, so... You know, that's kind of become a trend, and I I like to explain to people kind of what this show is right at the top. So this series of Outcasts was born out of boredom from the uh, quarantine, where I was like, I want to do something creative and fun, and I know that uh, Afterthought Media is made up of a bunch of queer hosts, people who identify as queer, and I was thinking, we don't ever really know a lot about the stories or kind of their origin stories, so why don't I start talking to some of the hosts and explore like let them explain outside of their show's context who they are and um kind of what made them who they are so this whole show was bred out of this quarantine but i for the quarantine what are you doing to kill time what are you doing you know i talked mark and i were talking about it last night so i have a boyfriend mark um we've been together for like eight years and um and we live together and uh so he and i we were talking about it yesterday and well first of all arkansas hasn't mandated quite the level of lockdown as everyone else although he and i are trying to be responsible and follow kind of the same level of quarantine that some of the larger areas are doing i think that we still have restaurants can still be open at like half capacity although a lot of them have decided to shut or have not been able to sustain half capacity or whatever but um I'm not sure about the movie theater situation and all that. But anyway, he and I have been, other than going to the grocery store, um, we've been staying home. Now, luckily, we have uh, jobs that we can work from home. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So, uh, so you know, so anyway, we were, ta- we were talking about it yesterday. And really, our lives are pretty much the same as they were before, other than we're working from home. So instead of driving to work and doing our job and then coming home – we go to our offices, you know, his, I have a, I have what I call the studio, which I use as an office as well, which is a spare bedroom that I've set up to do podcasting, but it, it has all my computers in it and all that. And then he set up an office in our uh, guest bedroom. And so we go to our offices and do our work, you know, at lunch, we go down and eat lunch together. And then we go back to our rooms and do our, you know, working. And then we work out, we do P90X, we, we're, we've, we're big TV watchers, so we watch TV, I cook, you know, whatever. We can still go get fast food or whatever if we want to do that. The only difference may be the weekends, but, um, I mean, we're not, we don't just go out a whole lot in general anyway. So um, it's not that we're shut-ins, but we travel a lot, so that's going to be a big deal. So, like, come summer when we normally would have been, you know, going on a big trip, that's probably not going to happen when we love to travel. So that'll be a big deal. But right now for the, these three weeks or whatever, mm-hmm. it really hasn't felt uh, we have, we have, obviously we're only seeing each other. Other than that, though, the, the kind of the our life, you know, kind of the rhythm of our life or whatever is going about the same, yeah. you know, as it would have before. So. I feel like having the separate rooms for your work designated is kind of helpful because it kind of separates you guys and it feels like work mode versus when you guys are hanging out together, like watching something. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then so on the weekends, what would like what's a normal activity that you guys would do together? 
So on the weekends, uh, that's another thing. So our big deal is we do a uh, restaurant. We call it restaurant of the week. So every week we pick a new restaurant, which is getting a little bit harder to do because we've been doing it literally for the entire eight years we've been together. So um, we're running out of restaurants, but mm-hmm. um, but luckily new ones open up all the time. So, you know, we're able to find. But anyway, we do that. Um, we uh, play Pokemon still. We're, we're one of the, you Pokemon know. Pokemon Go? Yeah, Pokemon Go. Okay, so we, yeah. uh, you know, a lot. Of, he's probably more into it than I am, but it's a good thing for us to do together. So I, I hung on. Um, but we, so we'll go out, and there are usually events happening every couple of weeks. There are events, and so we go and walk around the park, and you know, do whatever. Um, I, I go. We both go to church. So on Sundays, I play trumpet in church. So we go to separate churches. He goes to. He's um, Catholic. And I go to a Baptist church, but, um, so we do that separately, um, you know, and then just whatever, like I said, we love to travel, but we're not going to be doing as much of that this year, I guess. Yeah. So. Okay. And picking up on like little nuggets that I kind of want to follow up on. Cause okay, I know, up. I know of you just through the show and I've talked to you very briefly on an episode before, but a lot of my knowledge of you comes from throwing down or when you were doing, um, on pride 48 with Daniel. Oh, why can't I remember the name of Jimmy's it right now? That. Dubious intent. Thank you. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, I know that you are one of the c- contributors, one of the founders of Pride 48. And um, I kind of want to take ev- even more of a back step. And I just want to know kind of your origin story, like where I-, I know you're from the South, but I don't know specifically where and you've kind of bounced around and how you ended up um, in Arkansas. And even to go on top of that, how do you identify just so I know for the rest of the podcast, how to is it? He, him, gay. Yeah, he. Okay, he, cool. Him. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then it, not to label it, but uh, gay by, was there a I'm label? Gay. gay. Okay, I'm cool. Gay. So yeah. just so that I, I like for the audience to know how to identify. So if you could just fill me in on those little I, gaps. You know, I'm old. I'm 41, which is probably not that old, but I feel really old. And all of these, like, it's relatively new for all of these. Uh, how do you identify what's your whatever, you know? So it's like, uh, you know, it, to me, it's obvious that I'm he, him, but then, mm-hmm. you know, there are, <laughs> I know that's a thing now where, and it's good. I mean, it's good. People should be able to identify, but it's all new for me. So I'm, you know, on Twitter now, when you see people putting how they identify, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But it, yeah. It's new for me too. And I, I, that's why I'm, I'm still trying to adapt <laughs> to it because I always assume the he, the she, mm-hmm. when somebody says, oh, I'm having a baby, my first question is, I want to ask, oh, do you know if it's a boy or a girl when I'm really trying to erase it out of my head? Because I know right. it's, to me, it's not an offensive thing, but I know that there are people out there who are the For non-binary sure. and, you know, I just want to make sure that I, I'm trying to adjust my own behavior. So it's, it's still a habit. I'm trying to get into the habit. For sure. I'm a, uh, well, I'm a very open I just say whatever I'm thinking, and sometimes that uh, puts a foot in a mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have to watch, you know, because uh, anyway. But yeah, do you have an I example? Do you have an example no. of something where you're you've been like, oh crap, why did I say that? I don't know. All the time, I'm sure anything on throwing down. I feel like <laughs> if I if I say something about a black person or something, you know, it, it, somebody's perceiving it as racist. I, but I, I don't have a specific example, but. Uh, anyway, so you wanted me to kind of go back to, yeah, just re- like where, maybe where you were born to just like the, the, qu- the highlights of how you got to where you are. And then I want to ask about Mark and kind of your coming out story or a- just anything kind of leading up to who you are now. Okay. Um, 
So uh, how to make it quick. I'm, I'm a talker. Uh, so I was I was born in Arkansas. I was born in South Arkansas. And uh, so I've I grew up in Arkansas and in a very small town, about 6000 people and uh, was very into music and church and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and my well, this is probably too much to get into, but I'll just say um, I started I didn't really ever identify myself as gay through that whole elementary, junior high, high school experience, but I started messing around with a guy um, at church who was much older than me, I'll just say, when I was very young. And uh, and we would like stuff like uh, he would come over to swim. My My father died when I was 10. And so uh-huh. this guy and I hung out a lot and um, he was in the church and we would swim in my pool and whatever. And, you know, he, I mean, ultimately it was a bad situation. I don't like to label it, but it was not something that should have happened because he was already, he was young, but he was already at a, he was like 2021, something like that. Oh, okay. So, uh, but you know, we would skinny dip and then, you know, that would lead to, you know, whatever, whatever. So for a few years, um, I was messing around with a guy, but not really labeling myself or anything like that. Um, and then, and you could call it, you know, abuse or whatever, but it was always, that was always, uh, I liked it. So I didn't, I never really saw it, you know, as, as whatever. Was it something, was there a conversation before there was like the skinny dipping? Like, was it an idea that was brought up by you or did it just, it seemed like it was kind of leading that way. And so you, it, it would well, just no, I mean, he, he definitely, I, I think there's a lot more to his story. I think he was. I think he was, when he was young, I think he, there were older, an older guy that kind of did that with him. Mm -hmm. And so I think he was doing all the typical kind of grooming sort of abusey kind of things where he brought the things up. Oh, you know, what's really fun. I used to do this with my friends, you know, um, we could do this. It's really fun to swim, you know, to skinny dip or whatever. And then he would say, oh, you know, something else that's fun. And you know, it all sounded fun to me. So I was just like, oh, cool, you know, and and so I did it. But it was never, like I said, it's hard for me um, to categorize it. I, it is abuse and he shouldn't have done it. And, you know, uh, he had repercussions that came of it. But um, but it it's not a negative thing in, in my mind, like, because I was I feel like I, I've been gay forever. I feel like that was just I, I don't feel like that made me gay. I feel like I enjoyed doing that because I was gay, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, more so. But anyway, so, yeah, but it was a typical sort of, I'm a kid, he's a grown up, you know, not a good thing, um, something you shouldn't be doing. So that happened. Um, and then I, and then that stopped. Um, he moved away or something and that stopped probably early high school. And, but I didn't really, um, I didn't really tell people, I'm not really sure whether I, it's hard. Some people say, oh, I realized I was gay. And I don't know that I have that moment where I realized I just was attracted to guys. So I, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, so I, I don't know that I had this moment where something clicked and I'm like, oh, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, there are, there are weird religious things where I felt guilty all the time and, you know, very typical, you know, all of that. And I, um, Joe always jokes with me about this because I, I used to have this plan that, um, I would be gay until I was about to die. And then I would repent of everything and like, stop. 
you know, erase, right, well, erase like, the well, chalkboard. You know, well, you know, because if you repent of your sins, you know, all is forgiven. And, you know, so uh -huh. I thought, OK, well, I'll just, you know, when I'm about to die, I'll repent of everything and, you know, everything will be good. So Joe likes to joke with me about that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so anyway, so there was that and there still is some I, I obviously that is not my plan anymore. I've matured a little bit past that. But I you know, there are still things in the back of my head because I do believe in God and I, I do consider myself a Christian. And there are some things that I'm still trying to reconcile there or, you know, make work, make sense, you know, but, um, I've, I've, you know, come to the point where, Hey, I'm gay, you know, God loves me, you know, whatever. And mm -hmm. if I'm wrong and, you know, I'm going to hell for it, I'm basically like, well, I'm gay. So, you know, that would be very tragic, but I'm still gay. It doesn't change the fact that I'm gay. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. But anyway, I grew up in it. Go ahead. And I was gonna say, so your family, as you were growing up, it, it was, you were going to church from the moment that you can remember, like you were yeah. very young starting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It started out in a kind of a Pentecostal or a v evangelical church. Um, it's uh, first assemblies of God. And then um, we, there was some weird stuff that happened where my mom was the youth minister there and she had a, a youth crusade thing and she invited black children and some people in the church didn't like that. And, there was some other stuff that went on that kind of caused a fraction in the church. So a big wow. group of the church like quit and started oh. their own church. Wow. And so they started a non-denominational church and a guy brought in a pastor and stuff like that. And so the next 10 years of my life, I was going to a non-denominational church that my dad helped build and the building and all that. Mm -hmm. um, but my, and my dad died in a car accident when I was 10. So that was before that's kind of backtracking. So he, he died. And then that's when <clears throat> I started hanging out with this other guy and, you know, yada, yada, yada. Right. Um, and so, and, you know, typical stuff from the South. I had a brother, I have a brother who's very macho-y, hunty, fishy, you know, kind of stuff. He's nine years older than me. So he and I never really clicked because he was always, you know, he was so much older and he was into stuff that I wasn't really into. And I was into music and, you know, creative mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Anyway, so uh, that was not quick at all. So then we'll we'll jump. So I went to – so then um, when I graduated high school, um, I had this internet boyfriend. It was my first real boyfriend. Uh-huh. And uh, my <laughs> – and I had never met him. We had just like traded images, you know, AOL. Just in a, like this is through AIM or like Instant Messenger. Yeah, okay. like AOL. Right. Like I would go into AOL chat rooms or whatever, you know. Right. I, I met him. And uh, we eventually did like talking on the phone and stuff like that. He would call me late at night or whatever. And um, I was working at a bank um, and I was still living with my parents, but I was about to go to college um, that August and I had gotten bored and I, I had doodled on a piece of paper. Um, I love John. I love John. I love John. Well, um, when my mom and I were packing for college, yeah. she found this note. Mm-mm. So, um, you're like, so, it's about the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so basically I kind of threw, so, I mean, this is good and bad. Uh, so the guy who abused me should not have, and there should have been reper repercussions for that because that was something that's illegal and should not be done. Right. You shouldn't be messing with children. But I kind of use that as a way to push my gayness off on someone else. So I'm like, Yes, I did this, but, you know, he did this to me kind of thing, yada, yada. This this happened, and I, I kind of – all of that came out. Like, I just, like, dumped all of that on my parents, you know. Well, And my mom had gotten remarried at that point. 
Okay. And, uh, and so I went to college. They actually, the repercussion for the guy who messed with me, he was a youth minister. Uh So, and I told them, I said, I will never press charges against him. I, you know, I am, but I, but, you know, I wanted you guys to know kind of the story and everything. And I said, I'm not going to get him in any, any legal trouble. I, I was already 18 at that point. And I'm like, I'm not going to, you know. But uh, they actually um, told his church, which I think is good because he could have been doing that with other boys. Right. You yeah. know, which which is not good. So um, he he lost his minister. He was not able to stay a youth minister after that. So okay. that really impacted his life. But there, I, we didn't press. I didn't press charges or anything like that. But yes, that was a. I mean, I'm sure that was a big, huge thing in his life. But you know, you shouldn't be messing around with children. And especially if you're in a position where you're, you shouldn't be, if you're a person who does that, you shouldn't be in a position where you're around children all the time. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you had, so you were writing, I, I heart John, I love John. And then it was found when you guys were moving. And then that was the catalyst to everything kind of spilled well, out because that yes. was found. Okay. Yeah. Cause mom's like, who's John, what's this. And that was the yada, yada, guy. yada. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So, and then from there, it was just a, bu- so that's not really in, in your, in your head, is that kind of the coming out moment or was that you were saying, no, this is, I wrote this because <laughs> this happened. Coming out's really weird. I, I don't think I've ever had a, a typical mom, dad, I'm gay, yada, mm-hmm. yada, yada. Um, I'll, I'll kind of shorten the other stuff, but no, I don't really consider that a coming out moment because then, um, I went to college. I was still feeling incredibly guilty, but I was messing around with guys in college and that first semester. And I was not prompted by, by my parents. I don't want my parents to be labeled as these bad people. Um, mm-hmm. so I like to, I like to kind of call this out. Um, I was feeling so guilty that I asked my parents to to find me somewhere that would help me stop being gay or to stop doing it. I mm-hmm. said, I called them and I'm like, Hey, I don't want to do this, um, but I need help. And they didn't send me anywhere, but, yeah. but I, I asked for this. And so they researched it and found a place. And so I went to this ministry that was like an ex gay ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I only stayed there for six months. It, I totally was not into it at all. I asked them for my computer at some point and said I would help them build a website. And instead, I mean, I did help them build a website, but also I was talking to John um, uh-huh. while I was there, which is stupid. Such a contradiction. Yeah, it's such a contradiction. So I totally, even though I felt so guilty and I wanted to go do something, I was totally like not doing it, basically, right. you know. And so that went on for six months. And then I just told my parents that I was homesick and wanted to come home. And they immediately brought me home, came out, flew out, got me, brought me home. And at that point, I just told them, I don't have feelings towards women. I, I'm only attracted to men, but I'm going to be celibate. Like, I'm not going to do anything. But I just want you guys to know, don't expect grandchildren. Don't expect me to, you know, come home with a girl. Because mm-hmm. I'm not going to. My What I told my parents was, it would not be fair to a girl. If, if, you know, you want me to have this straight relationship, but I'm not attracted to girls. So if I just go out and find some girl, she deserves to have someone who's actually attracted to her. Yeah. You know, what was their, what was their response to that? Um, 
you know, they were, they understood. They, you know, I think for them, it was all about living that lifestyle as a sin. So, of course, they would be sad if I was not dating women and not having a wife and children and all that, but they would be happier than the alternative where I am actively going out and, you know, dating men and having a partner and all that. So that stayed that way for years. And were you in your head? So you've talked about the guilt, but was there any part of you that felt a little bit of freedom once that once that realization came, you told them, I'm, I don't, I'm not attracted to women. Was that, was any of that freeing at all? Yeah, it was, but it was still, I was still hiding stuff because I never had any intention of not dating men. I just oh, told so them. As you were, so as I you was, were saying, I don't plan on dating men. You were like, meanwhile, you're, you were on your phone talking to John. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I think John and I, John's a separate that he had lied to me. He sent fake pictures and he was not the person that he said he was, but that's a whole different story. But anyway, I think we had broken up air quotes by then, right. but, um, but I just, I was like, um, you know, I was lying about, I told the truth. It was as with any lie, that's very good. You need a grain of truth in there. So, um, the truth was right that, um, you know, I, I was not attracted to women. The lie was, I'm not going to date. I'm not going to go out and find men to date. <laughs> that was the lie, but yeah. um, you're, you've completely frozen. I don't want to interrupt the podcast, but same for you. I, you, you're, it's like graining. It's trying to get it together, but I can still hear you. So I think we're still okay. 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 So I'm going right. to, I'm going to power through. Um, okay. I do. So, so at this point, you've talked about how you're into music movies, like you've followed media. Did you feel like there was somebody in the media who represented you or that you could kind of look to and and you were like, oh, I, I see myself in them? I don't think so. I, I, not really. I mean, what? so I, into music, meaning, you know, I, I play trumpet. So that's always been a constant throughout my life. And But I mean, in the trumpet world, mm-hmm. <laughs> not, no, not really. I mean, more like, uh, was there a, a television uh, character or a movie where you're like, <clears throat> oh, I feel like that character is the one who that's who I that's who I want to be or be modeled after? Nothing. No. Wait, uh, surprisingly, a lot of people haven't has said that they don't have that, and I, I, I'm wondering if it's because that there's a lack of representation of like kind of queer culture in the media from when all of us were younger. Maybe, I, I, maybe I, I just I've never even thought of that i know people there are people out there who look at you know various characters and they're like oh that person that character really inspired me but i've never really felt that about any character on tv that right. i can think of yeah could be though it, it could be yeah and so as you were, so we've talked a lot about your family but i haven't really heard about your friends so what, did they have a response to did you tell them about john from um aol did they, did you tell them kind of about your your experiences with the youth pastor yeah youth minister um minister thank you so i uh pastor is fine as well but okay. um so i was not really out to anyone um it was all a secret all of this stuff was a secret um now my after all of this after so after the whole stuff with the youth minister ended and i and i was probably a senior in high school um i did tell a couple of my girlfriends in band you know, that I was attracted to men or that I was gay, basically. So I did come out to a couple of them, but I picked the ones that were very, um, cause again, small, 
small Southern town. Everybody goes to church. Mm-hmm. Even my friends were very conservative, you know, and not, it, this wasn't a time when being gay was, you know, oh, cool. You know, I'll yeah. introduce you. I mean, this was back in the, you know, not early nineties. It was still not a accepted thing, at least where I lived. So you couldn't just come out in high school and, you know, tell the whole high school and have a parade. You know, it just wasn't a thing. Um, but I did tell a couple of my girlfriends and they, they were cool with it. But I think they were even still kind of cautiously accepting of it, you know, like, um, oh, that that's cool, you know, uh, cool, you know, well. And then it became the thing where we would sit in their rooms and they would be looking through a magazine and they'd be like, oh, hey, Adam, do you think this guy is cute? You know, they kind of thought it was novel that they had a a guy friend that was attracted to guys or whatever, but. And how did you know that that was going to be a safe space? Like was, it was just friends and you kind of, it was like a, Hey, I need to talk to you or how, what do you remember what the process was? I don't remember the process, but I just knew, I mean, I always felt more comfortable with girls, you know, as friends anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and these were two of my closest girlfriends and we had had, we had had other talks that were, you know, very open. I had always, but I had always been lying about stuff. And so at some point I just felt like, you know, these are going to be the best two folks to tell, but you know, if anybody's going to accept me, they will, you know, and we've already had these chats and they had told me about sexual experiences they had had with their boyfriends and, you know, all this stuff. So I don't know. I don't know exactly, but I just felt safer with them, you know? Yeah. That was a safe space. And then what, so were there instances of maybe bullying, like where you felt like the target of other students or peers? Not so much for being gay because it wasn't out, but I mean, just the typical throughout junior, junior high was horrible. Like, well, I mean, I think kids are very mean in junior high Mm -hmm. and I'm just not, I'm not an athletic you know, I'm not an athletic, macho, you know, bro-y kind of guy. So the popular, you know, athletic kind of guys, there was nothing horrible. But, like, I was very traumatized by PE, um, uh-huh. uh, physical education, that class, because, um, I, I, you know, you had to shower with the – at that time, you had to shower with the other guys. And, you you know, and also I wasn't athletic. And there, there were a couple of bully-type guys in there that would make fun of me because – I couldn't play basketball or do the things, you know, I wasn't good at anything. Mm-hmm. And I cried a few times about that, I'm sure. And then we had to take two semesters of PE as before you graduate. And I, I finally, I was so traumatized and everything. I finally worked it out with them that I could go to a local university and take a more of a weight training sort of class with an instructor at a university yeah. instead of having to go to PE. Um, but not they, for being gay. I mean, not bullying for being gay, but just for being less macho, less, you know, athletic or whatever. Right. Did they ask for a reason of why you wanted to do the the credits at the college? Well, um, th- there's a whole backstory there, but I, I mean, it worked out that it worked out that there was a scheduling thing and I couldn't take honors English and PE. And I, I was just relieved. I, w- I was like, well, is there any other thing I can do other than having to, cause the alternative was, um, cause you're supposed to finish that before you finish junior high. Mm-hmm. And the alternative was they were going to have to bust me back to the junior high from, from high school to get these credits that I needed. Oh, and wow. so I just, in talking to the counselor, I was like, is there anything else I can do? I, I, I don't know that I brought up the bullying necessarily, but I'm like, I don't want to, is there anything, you know, is there anything else I can do? And they came up with that creative solution for me. So 
AP English. Good job. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I took all the honors classes. Wow. Smart. Um, you've talked about trumpet and was that kind of a space where you felt like your creative outlet was being met where you could, is, has music always played like a really influential part for you? Oh yeah, absolutely. So I, I originally was going to make, well, I did major in music. I originally was going to be a trumpet player. That was going to be my career. And I'm um, and I sing as well, but, um, and so I was in choir, um, in high school and stuff like that. But, and I think I was talented enough that maybe I didn't get quite as much bullying because everyone just saw me as very talented in the thing that, so, you know, you can, when you're, when you're a guy in the, in kind of a more redneck macho kind of culture, um, if you show that you're really talented at the thing that you're doing, somehow there's a little bit more respect there. You know, you still may get a little bit of bullying, but I think it helps if you show that you're really good at it and people just kind of like, oh, well, he's really good at this thing. So I think that helped a little bit that I was actually good because I, you know, I made first chair in all the competitions and like did all that, you know. So, I mean, I, I'm a good trumpet player and, and a good singer. So I think that helped. And yeah, it was definitely a, a creative outlet. Um, I still play. Yeah. And um, I, yeah. I want to compliment you on that because on I think it was an episode of Throwing Down, you heard something and you played it by ear oh, yeah. of just I think you heard it once and you had it you nailed it it was really good oh well thank you yeah I was and I, I actually was on my this pocket trumpet I bought recently that's a piece of crap but uh <laughs> thank you anyways yeah so I play in I play at church and one of the reasons I go to the Baptist church is and people would say oh my god you're gay and you go to a Baptist church they have the best music uh program of any of the churches around and they're one of the only ones that has an orchestra and mm-hmm. I want to keep playing my trumpet. And so um, so that's the main reason I go there. I don't even listen to the to the preacher. I, I leave before <laughs> before yeah. that. So I just do the music. Um, but uh, and then I do musicals around town. Uh, well, there's a there's a local community theater. And so I'm usually if there's a trumpet needed, they now I'm at the point where she asks me anytime there's a trumpet needed. So. Okay, and is the church that you're at now is it in, pretty inclusive? Do you feel like there's other no? Oh, oh my okay. god, I, I'm I always worry because now my parents know, no, no. I mean, I, the coming out with them, and I know I I told you I'm a talker, and we're going to run out of time. But <laughs> um, the coming, I had this whole period where so after college, I moved to Dallas, had a boyfriend, had a pot. So that's when I started podcasting. Um, he was very emotionally abusive and an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up ending, we were together for eight years, but we ended up um, ending poorly. Uh, I had to call the police on him and stuff. And I know I'm rushing through that, but I mean, that's like, uh, th- that's important, but I don't have to spend a lot of time on it. He never physically abused me, but he was just, he was a drunk and I, I was afraid he was going to hurt the apartment. To be honest, I wasn't afraid that he was going to hurt me. Yeah. And so I called the cops and he went to jail and. Anyway, uh, he's better now. He went, he's sober now, but um, we, so I went through that and that was all, I didn't tell my parents any of that. Like mm-hmm. they knew none of that. They still don't know. Like that's, Is that to protect, protect you or to protect them. Well, I mean, that's just in that whole period of time where I was, they knew probably, mm-hmm. but that's the whole period of time where I was that facade of I'm attracted to men, but I'm not dating them. But I was far enough away from my parents. I was in Dallas and they were, you know, they were in, at the time they were in Virginia um, because they moved around for my dad's work or my stepfather's work. 
Um, it was very easy for me to be gay and have friends and all that in Dallas. I sang in the Turtle Creek Corral, which is a big gay men's chorus. Okay. It was a really good period of my life other than having this abusive boyfriend. And it really only happened the, the last two years of our relationship. He wasn't like it wasn't like I spent the whole eight years being. Um, but uh, he just had anger issues, basically. But uh, so. So that was that whole time where I was living a gay life in Dallas. I was out to ev- everyone at work. You know, my friends, I was in the corral, like everything. I was gay, but the family side of things, you know, I wasn't. And then after the whole jail situation and I decided I wanted to move away from Dallas, I decided um, I wanted to move closer to my family and a job opened up a really good job with Walmart here in Northwest Arkansas and uh, and so I decided to move back and then I met Mark and I just at one point just was talking to my mom and um, I don't yeah I don't know exactly what the catalyst was but I just she was kind of picking up on it anyway Mark and I were already living together yeah but I had always described him as a roommate this was like the first couple of years he and I were dating mm-hmm and uh, I just kind of said, you know, I, I don't know if this is right or I'm like, but he's my, excuse me, he's my boyfriend, you know, and I just kind of told them, you know, he's my boyfriend and, um, you know, I, I've tried, I, but this is who I am. And so I, we had that conversation. Again, I didn't really say I'm gay because they already knew that I was attracted to men. I mean, we'd already had that conversation. Yeah. And, um, and so it was kind of weird. It wasn't like, again, it wasn't your typical, Hey, I'm gay. Accept me. It was a, yeah, I think, I think I'm just going to do this. <laughs> you know, he's my boyfriend and you already know I'm attracted to men. And I, you know, was Mark willing to go kind of at your own speed of letting, I don't know what his comfort level is of, um, being out or what he is with his family. But when you would say, Oh, it's my roommate was that affecting yours and Mark's relationship at all? Or was it, was it a known thing that that's how you're going to be introduced? No, he was fine with it because again, he's Catholic. And so he comes from a very conservative family as well. And, uh, and so he understood it and he actually has never, his family knows, I believe that I'm his boyfriend, but he's never come out and said it, but I've met them. Mm hmm. But he's never uh, had that conversation with them either. So I think I think he was very understanding because he also come. I mean, the Philippines, Catholic, you know, all of that. Very, and he lives so far away from his family. I mean, they're like in the Philippines. Yeah. So uh, so he he. I don't think he had any issue with it. <laughs> Got to get Mark on this podcast next. <laughs> Break him down and see what he says. So that okay. So while we're on the topic of Mark, you said that once you had moved back to. North Arkansas, you started dating. And it seems like, did you guys move in together pretty quickly after that? Uh, about a year after we met, I think. Okay. So we dated for about a year and then, um, and then our leases were ending. And so we decided it could have even been two years. I don't know the exact timeline, but it was one or two years um, yeah. of dating. And, and you then met we... him. This is on AOL chat, right? <laughs> no, I'm just grinder. <laughs> okay. Oh, so the equip that's the, I feel like that's the modern day AOL chat room. <laughs> yeah. I, and what do you tell people like, Oh, like when you meet straight people who are accepting maybe, but not quite, you know, 
that accepting, you know, of, of the hookup culture and everything. Cause we literally hooked up uh-huh. and then started dating after that, which is very common, it, yeah, you know, among like- gay, but it's not something over dinner, you know, when you're with all your, like your coworkers and everything. And they're like, Oh, so how did you guys meet? And then you look at each other. I feel like you almost need a backstory that you've all kind of, you know, you've agreed upon. <laughs> we were, upon. We were, he was scooping ice cream and I ordered a sugar cone and it was yeah, just love at first sight. Exactly. You know, I feel like the stigma or taboo of dating apps or websites has kind of it's lost now because I think you can kind of make out of anything what you want. So whether it be uh grinder, scruff, okay cupid, plenty of fish. It's whatever your intention is. And hey, at least if you got it kind of right off the bat, you knew that you were sexually attracted to him. That's that's a, <laughs> a perk, right? I feel like that's a thing. Yeah, it is. But I don't know. I mean, it depends on what company you're in, whether you want, because everybody knows what Grindr is used for. I, I mean, even, you know, straight people, they know Grindr is a hookup app. I mean, it's not really a dating app. I, I guess that the name kind of sells it. Like, it feels yeah. like it's just like <laughs> one of those I mean, names. When you're when you're at dinner, you don't want to be like, oh, Grindr. You know, that's what we came over and he came over and we had a hot night, you know. <laughs> yeah. And when on upon hookup, was it you knew in your heart like, oh, I, I think I like this and I'm going to pursue it more? Or was it it happened more organically than that? Um, well, after, I mean, after we met, well, okay, I say hookup. We, yeah, I guess it was kind you of a date. We made love. <laughs> we, we know we watched a, a horrible movie. So I guess it was a date. He came yeah. up, I said, why don't you come over? And we watched a movie and, you know, we ended up having sex. But I mean, you, so it wasn't a hookup like, hey, come over, I'll blow you, you know, okay. or whatever. Like a, so there was a little bit of a date element there, mm-hmm. but, you know, you know what's going to happen. Okay. generally but yeah so anyway so yes I, I, I organic no i mean i think we both knew we liked each other after that first night and so we just kept dating and then you know that happened organically but um it, like it slowly moved to text to actual dates to hey yeah, let's move yeah. in okay yeah 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 well That's i mean good. we were already we were i mean this is so juvenile but we had already become boyfriend. I I actually asked him, "Will you be my boyfriend?" I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. But you, you gave um, him your your Letterman jacket. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> right? And because I don't know your past, so I know a little like bits and pieces. You had said that you were in a relationship, and how long did that relationship go for? Your previous one with the uh, verbally abusive. Oh, there's so much about my life. That's it. It would take hours. But um, that one was eight years before that. Wow. Um, I was dating a guy. Um, for two years mm-hmm. and ended up cheating on him with a guy from England um, and was with the guy from England for for a couple of years and wow. then ended up moving to England for a study abroad because I was obsessed with British guys. Anglophile. Yeah, and got a new British boyfriend while I was there. I was with him for two years. Wait, so you went there with the guy who was British and then... You... No, no. Oh, I, oh, oh, after okay. after we broke up, I was so obsessed with British guys. Got it. Um, I decided to do a study abroad in England. Okay. And then while I was there, I met a new British guy. I was with him for two years. We broke up. And then I met the the guy who I was with for eight years. Okay, so, so are you a serial monogamous? Like, you do you go? F- are you better in relationships, or do you like yourself better in a relationship more than single? Well, I would say I would say I've been in relationships most of the time, um, but I'm also okay when I'm single. Like, okay. I, I, I'm not. Oh my god, I'm so depressed. I'm single. I've got to find somebody. But I do skew towards always having a relationship. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. For so, whatever and, reason. So, and more specifically, when Mark came over, were you thinking, I, I'm kind of due for a relationship? Or was it, you weren't thinking that far? Ahead? No, I wasn't thinking. I was liking being single. I mean, it was fine, but, you know, we fell in love. So. What's your behavior like when you're, like, when you were single on that point, and obviously on Grinder, was that kind of a. I'm a every, hoe. Was it, okay, like a rotating door? Yeah, was yeah. it a rotating door? Okay. That's yeah, good. I'm, 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 I, I am a big fan of, uh, just the anonymous hookups or I, I, I find that very hot. It may not be the safest thing in the world, but that, but when I'm single, man, it was like, you know, that was the thing, but Is it, it may, you know, may, it may be part of, if I was to psychoanalyze myself, please do. It may be part of the fact that my whole growing up experience was keeping stuff a secret and the, the excitement of getting together with the guy that I got together with was probably heightened by the fact that it was all, you know, a secret and, you know, had to be very hush hush. And we had to find places where people wouldn't catch us and, you know, do it late at night and all that. So maybe that sparked something in my brain that like made it, you know, so I always, I always, even in a relationship, I always find it more exciting if there's some element of, you know, spontaneity or, you know, doing it in a place that's more, you know, less bedroom and more, you know, whatever. Yeah. So maybe it's all just because of that. Maybe I, my brain got warped. And when you were, so you said that you kind of were, you got over your guilt a little bit, but now with. With each hookup, were there times where after you would leave or they would leave, would you be like the the guilt would rush back in sometimes? Uh, it's more kind of a it's less of a, oh, my God, I just had sex and I ball and then, you know, eat ice cream and get over it or pray or whatever. It's more just an it's more just a feeling that kind of lessened over the years. Now, I don't really have guilt. Mm -hmm. I still have questions about, well. Is it really a sin and will it really send me to hell or whatever? You know, there are scriptures in the Bible that say those things, um, depending on how you read the Bible. But it was more just a, an overarching. It wasn't after each incident. It was mm -hmm. just a, a feeling just yeah. in general. And then uh, and then it's lessened over the years, you know. Right. And because you're a self-proclaimed hoe, is it yeah, when you're in a monog? You're in a monogamous relationship. Is it hard for you to, or, or maybe you're not, or I don't know how, is monogamy a part of your relationship? or? Um, it is part? now. Well, so past relationships, I have had a problem of, of cheating. Mm -hmm. um, the ones that were in uh, the, the abusive one, we had an arrangement where we would play together. Okay. But it ended up being, we would also play separately and we just didn't tell each other, but he was doing that as well. Got it. So for those eight years, that was, um, and this one is, is monogamous and, you know, there are times when that's difficult, but, um, but this one is, and, and, um, anyway, so this one is, yeah, but it's a, okay. it's a challenge. It's definitely a challenge. Yeah. And do you guys, go, when I know that you do restaurants, do you guys go out to bars and dance or I hate bars. Okay. Yeah. Um, unless it's a strip club because uh -oh. I like to see guys naked. So that gives me something to do. Uh -huh. And Mark likes, Mark likes, he's okay with strip clubs because he doesn't mind seeing naked guys either. So um, when, so he would probably like to go to dance clubs or bars. He's not a big drinker. Okay. Actually, neither one of us are big drinkers. Mm -hmm. So, um, but he probably does enjoy going and dancing with friends and stuff like that. Um, so I've probably kept him from that over the past eight years. 
Um, we don't have a lot here in the area that's really available anyway. So, you know, it's only when we go on trips. Right. But um, but I always found bars to be boring um, unless there was something to look at. Because I, I don't really enjoy dancing. The music is really loud and you can't talk to your friends because you can't hear each other. And I've never been a huge drinker. So that was not a thing. Right. Um, when I was in Dallas, we went to bars a lot, but it was never something that I really was like, oh, yeah, woo, let's go to bars. I kind of went along with my friends because they enjoyed it. Right. It's never been something I've enjoyed. And it, when you would see if there was like a lap dancer or something happening with the stripper, were there feelings of jealousy or was it exciting to see you and with, or see that person with Mark? Uh, well, I mean, we haven't really done the whole lap dance thing. Oh, okay. Um, but we, we will go up and tip and there's no jealousy there. I mean, he's super shy and conservative. So he pretty much sits there and just looks, mm-hmm. um, you know, and uh, we, uh, the only thing that that was a little, we both got a little tipsy. Um, when we were in Puerto Rico and it wasn't even a, a typical strip bar, but the bartenders were getting naked. Um, it wasn't advertised as a strip bar, but, and this what bartender had a really, yeah. <laughs> and this bartender like whipped his dick out and Mark and I both t- like pulled on it and kind of touched it together. I mean, we were both kind of, but we were both doing it and, but there was no jealousy there. I mean, you used it, it was, to stir your drink and yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then, so what, so I guess bars isn't like the big jam, but like, are there, is there a song or something out there that you kind of attribute to queer culture or you associate with as a gay song? Hmm. I'm not, I'm not a bit, it's gonna, I mean, I would. Mariah, is there like a Mariah song where like, oh, the gay, this is like made for the gays. Oh, the one, um, I always thought touch my body was kind of a a gay, not an anthem, but I mean, you would hear when it came out, you would hear it a lot at the bars. Yeah. Um, and, and that's not even one of my favorite ones. I like a lot of her older 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 stuff but um that one was there was another one that was played a lot at bars but i i don't know i'm not a good person to ask about about was it maybe heart heartbreaker that one probably but that's not the one i'm thinking of but yeah that one was played at bars a lot too and i like that one as well all right well i mean that's that was kind of the the bulk of the podcast but there are questions that i'm asking all the different uh interviewees that i just want to see kind of what your answer is it's has nothing to do with queer really anything, but I just want to hear kind of different perspectives from people. Okay. So I'm just calling it fast questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Favorite color. Blue. Okay. Your car, your bedroom and your kitchen are a disaster. Which one do you clean first? My kitchen. How come? Um, You're in the kitchen more. My car is always a mess. Mm-hmm. So I know I don't do that because right now it looks like a trash can. Um, your bedroom, you can just shut the door, but the kitchen, you have to be in there all the time and it can get grosser. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. Um, is there something right now that you're curious about? Hmm. I mean, I'm always curious about lots of things. I love to learn, but, um, gosh, off the top of my head, I mean, anything, I don't know. I don't have a specific thing, but anything technology related, um, I, I'm, you know, I'm always looking at. You're a techie, right? The geeky gay. You're a techie, right? You like yeah, yeah. new new tech and everything. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, is there something that you can brag about yourself? Something that you're good at? I'm a very good trumpet player. 
Yeah. All right. Good. Um, you, what's your favorite physical feature of yourself? Um, probably between, I think my dick is very pretty mm-hmm. and I like my face. What makes it pretty? It's got a really nice shape. Okay, good. I mean, it's, right. just, it's average size, but it's just, if I looked at it in a picture, I would be like, oh, that's a really pretty dick. Is that a new a, a new appreciation or is that something? And your face, you said. So yeah. are these, these are things that as you're growing up, you're like, oh, I really love my face. I love my dick. No, but I mean, if, if I'm pinned to the wall and you say, what do you like? I mean, that, those are the two things that come to my mind. I mean, I, there are times when I like my face. There are times when I hate it, especially as I'm getting older. But that, I mean, that would be better than other parts of my body that I hate. Yeah. So, you know, and my, my, I've always thought my dick was nice looking. Yeah. I did ask for one and you gave me two. So that's good. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. That's, it's good though. And then, um, what is something that you're complimented the most on? I don't know. Um, nothing. I don't think I get compliments. That's not true. Um, I'm bad at taking compliments, so I probably just erase them from my from my memory. Um, well, I'll just say recently in the chat room, I have no idea, but I'll just say recently at the chat room, someone told me I look younger than I am. So oh, that's I, I actually agree with that. I think that's very true. So I, I take that as a compliment because I don't want to age. <laughs> None of us do. Aging is a very scary thing. And I think the older you get, the more aware of it you become. I mean, I guess I get compliments on my trumpet. I'm giving you two now again. Uh-huh. Yeah, please. I, guess I, yeah. I guess I get compliments <laughs> on my trumpet playing like yeah. as well. But um, I, it's hard. I just don't accept compliments. Well, it's very I when when I get trumpet playing compliments, to be honest, this is going to give you a little bit about my psyche. But um, I. Either I think the person knows nothing about music, and so their compliment is probably not – it wasn't like a professional trumpet player complimenting my trumpet playing. It was just someone who knows nothing about trumpet playing. Uh Or I think of all the mistakes I made during that thing that I was playing. And so it negates what they've said to me, but I do get compliments on my trumpet playing. As, well. as I say, I'm flashing back to 30 minutes ago when I said I your trumpet playing is good, and you're thinking I know. this imbecile doesn't know. No. I'll have you know that I was in band for four years, so I know a little bit about music at least. Well, um, good. But, I'll I'll accept your compliment. Then. Okay. Oh, thank you. I feel honored. Um, okay. Good. All right. Well, Adam, that's actually the end of the podcast. So thank you again for making time for doing this, and I hope that the quarantine doesn't drive you insane like the rest of the world. It's sounds like you got a pretty good setup in there though with having your boyfriend and being able to work from home yeah well thanks for having me i enjoyed it of course looking forward to chatting with you next time and then thank you all so much for tuning into outcasts um i am going to be coming back with my next guest next week so that will be uh to be determined all right have a good rest of your week bye